You are listening to Sit Down Startup Podcast. Pedro and I bring you inspiring stories from leaders in the startup space in a casual coffee shop style conversation. You'll hear how founders, makers, and investors are building the new generation of disruptive startups and how that shapes the world for everyone. Our guests will share the good, bad, and ugly of their startup journey. The show doesn't stop when it ends. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and keep getting stories of amazing entrepreneurs. I'm sure we all heard how important self-care is lately, and the concept of rituals is a big part of that. In this episode, we have Akila Relaford, CEO of Mary Louise Cosmetics. She founded this company in 2017 in sunny Los Angeles and is passionate about revolutionizing clean beauty rituals for the next generation. Building customer trust is fundamental to Mary Louise Cosmetics, and Akila has some really great insights to share. To sit down with Akila, we invited Marisa Tree, Senior Director of Public Relations at Zendesk. Both are experts in building a trusted brand. Are you ready? Let's sit down and start up. Hi, Akila. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. And thank you for joining us. I know this um, series is super important to us at Zendesk. Um, we're super proud of it. And um, we know a lot of people love listening to the stories that we uh, have to share. And super excited to hear about you today. Um, we like to kick things off with all of our guests by asking the same question. Uh, we're pretending in this like remote to virtual world at the moment that we're sitting in a lovely coffee shop in sunny LA. Um, tell me what you would order. What's your favorite coffee shop drink? I am the worst coffee orderer. I feel like everyone has their own two pumps of hazelnut, a splash of this, a splash of that. I probably will just get like black coffee, oat milk, and like two packets of Stevia. That is my coffee. Order. I love it. Keep it simple. Nice. Cool. Let's get into finding out a little bit about you. Um, I was doing a little bit of reading uh, and a, a little bit, I guess, sort of getting to know your story and your background. Um, and I was thinking like, Hollywood has immortalized the founding stories of some of the most well-known companies in the world. Think about the birth of Apple in a uh, suburban garage and Facebook in a college dorm room. You have a fairly similar story. Um, so tell me a little bit about Mary Louise, uh, what your inspiration was for launching the company and what's sort of the first couple of years look like since you launched in 2017? Yeah, so Mary Louise is a all-natural skincare company that I started in my dorm room at Howard University. Um, I was a pre-med student. My dad's a surgeon, so I grew up wanting to become a doctor just like him and following that path, but quickly realized that I did not have the same passion as he did. I would go to my dorm room instead of doing chemistry homework. I would be creating skincare products from what I learned in chemistry class and kind of doing my own thing. So um, in the meantime, during class, I would go on Pinterest and YouTube and create DIY skincare products that I found online and kind of make my own thing. And girls on my floor in the dorm asked, this stuff is really good. You should sell this and make this and start your own company. So our first product was Mississippi Mud. Um, it became 
popular with the girls that I floor and some girls on campus. I put it online and did super well. Um, meanwhile, my dad is in his practice fulfilling orders for me, turning his office into a sweatshop after hours and ship- shipping all these college girls their their orders. I couldn't send the inventory in my in my um my room. So junior year, I loved school. My parents thought it would be a good idea to maybe take a semester off um, and see where the business could go. And three and a half years later, I've yet to go back to school. Any um, plans? And Any plans to go back to school? <laughs> right. So that's like air quotes, semester off. Um, yeah. So that is where we are right now. And so the inspiration of the brand is really taking that same freedom and playfulness that I used to have in my dorm room with DIY skincare and giving the brand the same vibe and essence with having that same autonomy to play with natural ingredients the way you want to, the same way I did um, in college. So Mary and Louise are my grandmothers. Mary is my maternal and Louise is my paternal. That is also my middle name. That should just tell you how Southern my family is. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that is the the origin story of the company. I love it. Um, speaking of strong women and given it's also women's history month, who else has been a big influence on your journey as a startup founder? My mom, I used to go into her vanity, um, and still do in her bathroom and use her Clinique and her Estee Lauder and her, um, Chanel or whatever products and just sometimes just sit on the floor and just watch her get ready. She's the type of woman and still is who puts on makeup every single day and does a skincare regimen with hair, makeup, and just puts herself together. So she definitely got me into beauty. Um, so, um, and I'm always bouncing off ideas from her even today. So she's definitely um, been a huge inspiration for my love of beauty. Um, you also mentioned when we were chatting the other week, there's another very famous startup founder that you have oh, yeah. a little bit of a, a crush on. Can you tell me a bit more oh, about yeah. that? Sarah Blakely. Sarah Blakely, Queen Sarah. Um, she is someone that if I'm feeling discouraged in my journey as an entrepreneur, I will reread stories or articles about her um, regarding tough times that she's been through. I like her story a lot because she um, bootstrapped Spanx, similar to Muse um, bootstrapping. We're fundraising now, but we're a bootstrap company. So it's just great to stay inspired by people who you can relate to. I know a lot of founders read articles of um, entrepreneurs they like, but it's always, oh, we raised X million dollars and they're kind of doing this whole thing. So it's just good to find people you relate to even in small ways like that. So I love her. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of my favorite photos is that photo of Sarah standing outside the very first office with the Spanx logo up on the side of the building. And yeah, it's definitely a, yeah. a rags to riches, all puns intended kind of story, which is, um, which is really amazing. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned earlier about the bootstrapping. I think, you know, you also mentioned when we were chatting the other day that a significant portion of your growth has come through bootstrapping. What have you kind of learned through that process and what sort of advice would you offer other founders that are also working through the same? Something I've learned through the bootstrapping process is to be frugal. Um, at looking back two years ago, I probably didn't appreciate it as much as I do now. I probably thought, you know, can someone just 
inject cash into my business so I can do the things that I want to do. Um, but now that I am fundraising, I'm learning that investors and venture capitalists really appreciate um, a bootstrapping founder because they know how to manage um, money uh, differently than someone else who has never experienced that before. So I'm looking at it as a blessing now. So being frugal, being smart with your money, um, and just working with what you what you've got. Even if you're working on your business one to two hours a day, just touching it in some way is always going to move you forward. Um, don't compare yourself to other founders. <clears throat> Stay off Instagram. I think that Instagram a lot of time has created like this warped sense of reality of what it's like to be an entrepreneur with foreign cars, big homes, and it's just like the most like unglamorous thing ever. Um, so if you are looking to make quick money or need encouragement to like, don't become an entrepreneur. I was on Clubhouse and someone asked Elon Musk, what words of encouragement would you give entrepreneurs? And he said, if you have to give words of encouragement to entrepreneurs, don't have a startup. So that is something I would, yeah, say to early founders who are, who are bootstrapping. Our own CEO and founder, Mikkel, um, I heard him give the same advice a couple of years ago. We were at an event in India together and he was um, asked a very similar question. And yeah, it's like he was asked about how he maintained work-life balance. And he was like, mm-hmm. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> this is, you know, yeah. when you when you head down this journey, it is it becomes your life and your passion and um yeah, again, it's not not as glamorous as some of the, you know, Instagram influencers like to make it look like it is hard work, yeah. rolling up your sleeves, you know, roping yeah. in family members to send out, you know, fulfillment, like you mentioned earlier as well. So yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of hard work. And um, that's, that's really amazing. So speaking of funding, we know that less than 2% of venture capital is invested into female founders. And you mentioned that you're starting to kind of go down the investor out now. Like if you were talking to a group of investors and they were looking for some advice as to what they should be looking for when it comes to investing in female founders, what would you like to tell them? I think it's really important to, especially early on, to look at the founder. Um, And I think that's something a lot of investors would already agree with is that early on they're investing and more so the founder their tenacity as an entrepreneur um, and their vision, which I think is super important. So that's some advice I would give to investors is to pay attention to the vision, but look at who's going to be driving this company and look at the work that they've done previously, because that's also going to show moving forward. Um, And I would also tell even founders is to not be shy at all about talking to um, investors or um, hesitant to share your idea or what you're working on and always be confident because investors talk to countless companies every single week, if not day. And so coming off with a great personality can take you a long way and get you into the door. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, So talk me through how you've approached being a direct-to-consumer brand and some of the biggest learnings you've had when it sort of comes to being an e-commerce business. Um, and is brick and mortar retailing potentially part of the end game? Yeah, so I feel like over the last three and a half years, we've experimented with so much stuff when it comes to direct to consumer, whether it be through customer service or marketing, influencer marketing, affiliate programs, um, and we're still refining all the time, which is something I think is super important. But one thing I've learned is to always listen to 
your customer. I know it sounds so cliche, but I used my customer base as a focus group for new product lines that were super successful. So instead of spending a ton of money in research on focus groups or chemical research or development uh, right off the bat, just look at your customer base and just ask them. Like I did a poll on Instagram and said, do you like this ingredient or this ingredient? Do you like this packaging or this packaging? Um, And I feel very grateful in the way that Gen Z is our main demographic because they're brutally honest um, and they like what they like and they're not afraid to tell you. Um, So that was a, and we've had some amazing products, um, we're doing that strategy. So I would say that using your customer base and leveraging the audience that you've built over time is the best way to approach multiple areas in D2C through customer service, um, points, marketing, and, and content creation. You know, listening to your customers, I mean, kind of number one piece of advice of any business, no matter how big or small or young or old you are, right? Like what's the most, what's been the most surprising thing that you've learned about your customer over the past couple of years? How involved they are in the brand. And when I say involved, people love their brands. People really will root for their brands. And I think sometimes as as a founder, um, I think all founders have, have suffered from imposter syndrome. So you think you're doing a great job and not as great as you think, but you have to sometimes sit back and look and see, well, like these people are really enjoying their products and really um, rooting for their brand. So something that surprised me is just people just organically cheering on the brand and being supporters um, is something that surprised me about the customer base, but it was also super motivational um, and gave me as a founder the boost of confidence I needed to continue delivering them great products and great content. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you also mentioned um, previously that that sense of community has been super important in helping build that yeah. brand experience for the Mary Louise customer. Like how you tell me a little bit more about how that's been fundamental. You mentioned like, you know, they share their own hacks for how they use their products and, and that yeah. sort of thing. Like tell tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So we at Mary Lee's like to focus on multi-use products or multifunctional um, formulations. And that came about because in my dorm room, when I created Mississippi Mud, I was telling my girlfriends to use it as a face mask. And they were coming back to me telling me that, by the way, we're using this as a body polish on our legs and our bums. And we use it on our face too. But by the way, this makes a great um, body exfoliant. So that is something that um, we thought was key and could be a fun, playful way and add on to the aspect of the brand of the sound of created this in our dorm room from DIY products. And this is how like the brand shares that same kind of vibe. Um, so now moving forward, all the products we're going to develop, will have at least two um, uses and we're working with dermatologists to add credibility to um, the projects that we're working on. But as far as community, Instagram has been that tool, I'm sure with a lot of other beauty brands that has really boosted our customer growth, um, our sales by user-generated content. So people are going online, posting about the Miracle Serum, posting about the Mississippi Mud Mask, but using it in their own way, um, which is something that is fun and I think really resonates with Gen Z um, to have that autonomy and freedom to play with beauty in um, your own special way. So that has been a huge community 
builder. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I think it's so important about how, like that learning around how your customers are the ones that define who your brand are. Like you can create a stunning looking website and, you know, all of the visual aspects of the brand. But when it comes to the actual application and the experience, it definitely really is in the, the hands of the customer, which I think is really really cool that you've kind of tapped into that. Um, so speaking of customer, I would be remiss of me if we don't get into the customer experience part of the conversation. <laughs> um, share a little bit about how you've gone about building the customer experience function. Um, so how did you start and where are you now? Right. So at the very beginning, um, it was just me answering customer service questions through Instagram, Twitter, email, Google Voice. I probably had 10 different ways that customers could reach out to us. Um, But looking back now, that probably is not the best idea. Now we're focused on really streamlining our um, customer service with a few reliable ways that customers can get a quality experience. Um, Zendesk being one of those, we love Zendesk at Mary Louise. So that has been super helpful. Um, So what we're really focusing in on is how can we, um, create the best customer experience from the shipping, from the inquiries, from the possible refunds, and have everything as seamless as possible. And through that, we've discovered that having just one to two, maybe just one on social and then one via phone or um, email is the best way for that for, for us to execute that until we are able to grow. So right now, we're working with a lot of great people to undo our entire customer experience, look at what we're not doing right, and kind of start from zero. Um, I've definitely had my fair share of customer service nightmares, not fun, um, but they're learning experiences and they happen when you're a young founder. So you just have to make note of that and then correct it. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I think um, a lot of founders, you know, you kind of want to be as accessible as possible. So like you mentioned, trying to open up all the different channels at the at the start and being a, a one person band trying to respond to all of those different channels and different inquiries. I think, yeah, sort of finding a way to fine tune that um, sounds like a really smart approach. So it was just you. How many are in your sub- customer service, customer support team now? Still just you? No, still not me. Thank goodness. Yes, thank goodness. Um, we have four amazing um, agents who work um, throughout different time zones to help us give our customers the best experience. Um, we've looked at where our customers are, the time zones our customers are, how often they're online to really tailor the experience to them. Um, and I also think it's important to mention that the customer service experience, at least with training, is not just being polite and kind, it's also educating about skincare and science and skin types and how to recommend the best products to customers who are asking. So we have repeat customers. So looking back a year ago, I never, I just never thought customer service was that in depth. And now it's like, duh, like they have to know all this stuff um, for, for our customers. So it's actually it's actually quite fun to see how our customers um, react and interact with customer service agents and vice versa. So that's been super cool. I love it. That's amazing. So what are you most excited for when you think about the future of Mary Louise? I am most excited um, to have Mary Louise as a household beauty name, as a beauty staple and medicine cabinets all across America. I think that is 
quite similar to a lot of um, beauty founders, but I would love for Mary Louise to be that destination for clean, affordable skincare um, for the next generation to come. I know when I was 12 or 13, 14, I was using Clinique and Neutrogena. Um, and I definitely think Mary Louise has the potential to be that next household staple for clean, prestige beauty. I love it. I can't wait to see a Super Bowl ad in a couple of years or something really amazing. I think that um, that sounds really incredible. I can't wait to see see where you go. Okay, so lastly, last question. Um, when you personally need help from customer service, what's your go-to channel for customer support? Where do you like to go? I am, I'm a phone girl. I'm a phone girl. I'd like to get someone on the phone first and then maybe do an email follow-up. I'd like to think that I'm pretty chill when it comes to interacting. I don't know. Who knows? I love, I'm a phone girl, for sure. Yeah, and Easy I think going, if you yeah. work in customer service, you know how to be a good customer most of the yes. time. I think I say thank yeah. you about 100 times when I call a customer yes. support agent. Um, so, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I hear This has been amazing. Thank you so much for spending the time with us. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for sitting down with us, Akila. We learned so much about your journey and the challenges to bootstrap a business. And thank you for sharing your tips on how minority founders can raise money from investors. Absolutely. We love hearing from tenacious founders like yourself, and it's great to see investors responding to that passion. I also think it's very cool how Mary Louise Cosmetics builds their audience and customer trust. Thanks for sitting down with us again. Only you can help us grow. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and leave a review. Stay safe. And hungry. Hungry.